0: Welcome to another episode of the Traveling Hoopers podcast. I am your host, Alan Pettigrew Jr., and in front of me is my best friend in the world, Calvin McGowan. Calvin, go ahead and let the people hear your name.
1: What's up, everybody? It's you from Calvin McGowan. It's a pleasure to be here.
0: All right, guys, we're going to get straight into it. Uh, this it's going to be a mismatch episode, and I think we're going to start off with something simple. The Kyrie trade. We have to get into that. That's the biggest news right now. Even though LeBron is about to break the scoring record, possibly tonight, I get it, thirty-six points, whatever. I think he's gonna do it. I think he should go ahead and go for it. He probably won't do it. It's a little bit more ceremonious if he does it against the Bucks. But that, but that is besides the point. Kyrie requested a trade and immediately got traded. To the Dallas Mavericks for what Spencer Dinwiddie, Mm -hmm. Dorian Mm Finney-Smith, a 2029 first round pick in two first, I mean, in two second round picks.
1: Yes, I'm like, yeah.
0: Doesn't that feel like the lightest haul for a superstar that we've seen in like at least five years?
1: Yeah, it's, it's definitely been a while since he... Like, you, you look at it and it's like, that's it? You mean to tell me so, his likability score is that low?
0: I... Because that's the I only think, thing I can possibly think of. Because it's not a talent thing.
1: It's... Hmm... Well, it's probably a combination of that. He wanted to be... I do know he wanted to be moved before the trade deadline. Um, and also, my understanding is they wanted to send him anywhere except the Lakers.
0: Uh. <laughs> I, I love Petty. Oh, I love Petty. I also can't imagine what they would be sending outside of, like, Russell Westbrook and somebody else, and it's like, that's not enough.
1: I, I, my understanding was they basically wanted all the young players off the Lakers and, and picks, I'm pretty sure. Ew. I mean. <laughs> um,
0: like, I, I'd rather have Dorian Finney-Smith and uh Spencer Dinwiddie. Like, they've at least done something.
1: Have they, though?
0: They've established that they can be in the league for ten plus years and be productive every single time.
1: Fair, but at this point, the the Nets have done everything except formally announce they're blowing it up. Like, I don't think they, I, I don't think they're gonna blow it up. Like KD will keep them competitive, and like, but like, it's it's just like at this point. The that initial thing that they that experiment they tried a couple years ago, where they got KD, Harden, and Kyrie, has failed spectacularly. Almost definitely. Um. Right. They have been Simmons. The problem. The problem with Simmons, he refuses to like put the ball through the hoop.
0: All right. So I think like that was advocate on that. I think we're running into the same situation that we ran into with, uh, Dwight Howard. He had back surgery. Let's wait.
1: Simmons had back surgery?
0: Yeah.
1: I miss that.
0: Yeah, this summer.
1: Okay, but, like, he was still... But, like, this was kind of a thing before that, though, too. Yeah. So, like, the back surgery is not getting him out of this one. Not entirely, I but, guess, but it's just like, like I still think they'll be a, a solid team, but like KD is in a situation where offensively, at least, he doesn't have a whole lot of help. I Dinwiddie is well, maybe. Let, hmm. I'm probably you he, you 20, oh, he, he, you 20, he can get you 2022.
0: Oh no,
1: get 2022 points efficiently. He, he can get buckets. Not a great defensive player, but he can get buckets. I will say that.
0: IG had to bring up defense. Why are you worried about that? I told and, you. To I mean,
1: like, here's the thing though, they do have like Simmons is a good defender. Right? Simmons is a good defender, Claxton is a good defender. So I I, I, I can so like Dinwiddie. and I like Denwitty. I can talk about his defense. So is Dorian Finney Smith. Fair.
0: He's 6'8 and he's like super switchable. Like we I think the Nets did a good job of plugging holes. Mm -hmm. They're gonna have the offensive drop-off because they don't have Kyrie. Really hard to replace that type of talent. I get it. But you won't have like a complete drop. It's like a it's like a seven point difference between a seven-point difference between having Kyrie Irving and having Spencer Dinwiddie—it's just less exciting. And then defensively, we've been talking about them getting a, a wing stopper for years. At this point, they got somebody that does his best to guard LeBron.
1: Hmm. Like and this I'm not is
0: exact. <laughs> this isn't a bad trade. I just think they could have got more. I feel like there was a right. bigger pile on the table somewhere.
1: I the question then though would be like where? Cause like Kyrie, you know, for all of like it in like to be clear, he's a very exciting offensive player. Um but from a from like a purely basketball standpoint isn't the most reliable presence. Um, and like isn't and and I say this as somebody who's never really been a massive fan of his from a basketball perspective, isn't necessarily like the thing is if if it was any the places that would probably have the most to give he would be the guy. And as the guy, like in, in in a lot of situations, maybe I'm overthinking this, but in most situations where he would, but in it, but like if he's anywhere and he's the guy, that team is not doing anything.
0: Look, I think, okay, I watched ESPN for the first time in months today
1: mm-hmm.
0: because of this trade specifically. Mm-hmm. I wanted to see what people are going to say. And Calvin, I'm going to be real with you. We are repeating the same thing everybody else is saying. And I want to get into something that's going to be so much more fun. We have two guards. If you want to call Luca a guard, he's too big for me to consider him a guard. But we have two ball-dominant scorers on the same team now. And I get that people keep comparing Luca to LeBron He's not that type of passer. He has not shown that he's like a super unselfish player. He can pass the ball. He definitely can. I want to see how red his face gets after Kyrie's going Kyrie mode and just doesn't pass him the ball for like three or five possessions. That's all the – there are two players that emote a lot during the game. When Kyrie is frustrated, you can tell Kyrie is frustrated. When Luca is frustrated, you can tell Luca is frustrated. They're not dudes that mince words either. This is going to be super fun to see how they gel together and see how professional they can be. From my book, there are two people that sing like they're great teammates because of what they can do on the court. But maybe questionable teammates, the way they uh, operate off the court. And Luka's a little bit different because his on-court tantrums and stuff. That that's as far as I'm concerned. That's the same thing. Well, not the same thing, but it has like some, the same ramifications of a dude that's chronically messing up off, like off work. So, I just want to see how you balance those two, and I would love to just have like a interview with like Josh Green, probably not Josh Green. Josh Green is going to be really politically correct i javelle McGee I want an interview with JaVel McGee after about a month of seeing those two play together and be like, "Hey, what are they like when they both cooking? do they look at the other one like? off it up, son. Cause what? Yeah. So go ahead.
1: like it so just this is just kind of me thinking about it basketball wise and whatever. Like Lucas finally got like a legitimate number two. Right? Like Porzingis wasn't that if for no other reason then he struggled to stay healthy. Um right Christian Wood hasn't been that like some people had hoped um they let Brunson leave uh <laughs> so like he's got his like cl- like he's got a clear number too but like you said the problem is they're both very ball dominant dudes um i'm like Mm-hmm. Is Jason Kidd the right coach for this?
0: What is Jason Kidd the right coach for? Just, just. Look, I was trying to give him the benefit his benefit the track record so far.
1: I don't know. Given the given, uh, Atitakunpo the ball more back in with the Bucks. That's about it.
0: Yeah, but now you got two people. Like, Like, I understand that Kyrie can play off the ball. We've seen it happen. I said when he went to Brooklyn, it doesn't matter that it's three superstars or that he's playing with Kevin Durant or James Harden. This is a dude that we know that can operate off ball. I also said that knowing that there was somebody who can actually be a point guard and will be willing to pass the ball often. Can you name any of the Dallas Mavericks point guards? Not name. I named. mean,
1: they traded the only one that I knew. So, <laughs>
0: <laughs> so I'm just kind of confused on how all of the lineup shake off, and I want to see how long it takes for their first game is what tonight.
1: Um i I think I, I don't know off the top of my head. So if, if Kyrie decides to suit up at
0: least tonight, let's let's say tomorrow. I'm tuning in for that. I want to see like a it reminds me of like an elite matchup of pickup ball.
1: Yeah, they played tonight. Like,
0: there there is a there was a game mode on the PSP version of 2K, I wanna say two k I want to say 2K8 called Conquer. And you could go to different cities and you could play playground basketball with NBA stars. And as you beat teams, they give you the option to bring a player to your team. Uh, This is the ultimate version of that in real life, watching these two dudes just go at it. Because you didn't run offense or anything. You just like, let's go get a bucket. And that's exactly what these two dudes are going to be for the first seven weeks like i just i hope jason kidd already kind of had like a plan together like i hope the front office had already talked to him like hey there is something that's going to go 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 to go down because they've been Kyrie been on the chopping block since the summer so people probably made plans for this possibly becoming a thing I just want to know who we gonna get that first night, and how long does it take for Luca to lose confidence in the Dallas Mavericks when this does not go the way they're expecting it to? Because defensively, this is this is not good. You already got Josh Green probably guarding the best guard, who guards a wing. Maxi
1: Kleber when he comes back. I mean, I'm looking at the death chart. Isn't Nidalinka supposed to be good at defense? Who? <laughs> look. Frank look, i look I, I Frank the tank. That's what we rely on. Though. I don't, don't know who else we rely plot. on. Certainly not Bertans. Christian Wood isn't a particularly noteworthy defender. For some reason, McGee is the third dude like at the center spot, and I I didn't I, I didn't re- I didn't know if they had Jaden Hardy. I completely forgotten. Granted, he's not exactly a defensive. He's he's not there for defense either.
0: All right, let me get real close to the camera. And so isn't I'll... he a rookie? No, this should be like his second year. I, okay. think. I
1: think. I don't. That might be jumping the gun.
0: Well, who, who knows? Let
1: me get real pro, close
0: to the camera so people understand that I'm very serious in this. Let me let me not smile. <clears throat> the Dallas Mavericks front office—they're pretty much their tenure over the last ten years, easily since they won that championship. What are y'all doing? Like, just explain to me what the goal is here because you don't really put together good rosters do you do you know what Luka's good at or y'all just kind of like playing catch up Like like I don't I don't understand anything that's going on over there I don't believe it's a monetary issue Just because I got a lot of faith in Mark Cuban. Mark Cuban seems like a dude that got money. He don't, and he' not gonna lie about how much money he has. I assume. I assume. But this is also a team that does not seem to spend money, not efficiently, at least. Um. And why is it so hard?
1: to find a, a decent 3 and D wing. Because a lot of the dudes that like to take threes are not don't necessarily like to play D, and that's going to complicate things significantly.
0: But do you remember a time where everybody was getting graded as a 3 and D wing? What happened? It was like a seven-year span
1: where we were just getting 3 and D, 3 and D, 3 and D. I remember at least like I, 3 I mean, D and D I would D have D? to assume that they began to realize a lot of those dudes only had half of that equation. You got a point. You got a point. You're right. You either have one or
0: the other. Most people don't. Maybe putting together an NBA roster is harder than we think.
1: I just, the thing is, I don't, okay, maybe it's just me, and I say this as someone who doesn't have to go and, like, put the deals together, because I'm sure, like, actually putting them deals together is kind of something else, but, like, from a, like, it's, I think they, they try too much to imitate roster constructions that have already proven to be successful, rather than looking at what they have and putting together a competent, or, or like, a, a, a roster around, like, their best dude or whatever, right, um, like so with Luca, right? Super like uber talented player, right? Not th- really slow, like definitely by like wing standards, like winger guard standards, slow dude. But like he, like he's in- incredibly skilled, strong, and is you know and arguably one of the better players in the league, right without question. Um, and, like, so, like, you would think, right, that, like, he's the kind of player that's easy to build around, right? You would think that, in my mind, right, the first thing you do is, like, grab the best player, the next best player you can out of the draft that doesn't play the same position, or, like, go and get somebody. Like, the thing is, I feel like they pr- tried to do a bunch of, other stated previously, tried to do a bunch of win-now moves that didn't work. And also, maybe weren't that great to begin with, but also they kind of tend to neglect the things that aren't a lot of the stuff that's not like Luca centric, for real. So like, like their defense seems to like you look at the numbers. Defense kind of seems to to work. Their offense is trash. Like you're you're, dep- you're dependent on one guy to put up thirty and forty point games every night. Or you're going home with an L. That's not sustainable. I don't care how cold that dude is. Well, it mostly worked for Jordan, but like his team was like his team was good without him.
0: Exactly. In different era, different rules. Uh,
1: yeah.
0: But yeah, man, I I'm just really excited to see how all this plays out. Um, I know. Is this,
1: what, Jason Kidd's second year with Luka? I think it's his first. Is his first? Let me double check. I think it's his first. It's just there, there's there been a lot going on between the offseason and, uh, you know, now.
0: Yeah. I Look, if it's his first year, I'll go ahead and say this early and prematurely. Do not care. Hot seat.
1: Okay. That, uh, he's been the head coach there since uh twenty twenty one. So this would be like his second season.
0: Second season? Hot seat. Your your booty cheeks should be sweating, my boy. Somebody turn the heater on on them leather seats. It should be hot. You should you should be uncomfortable just a little bit. Um the offense hasn't got better. I knew Jason Key. I mean, would like in defense. fair
1: in so fairness, right? He's on the hot seat because like the GM isn't gonna own up to the fact that he sucks at his job. But like, would another coach have really done better?
0: That's besides the point. You know like Is it
1: though? Like
0: We gotta do what we gotta do, historically speaking. In this situation, the, we know the GM is not gonna fire himself. We all understand that he has dropped the ball. But you know who he can fire? The person he hired. And that means Jason Kidd. And Jason Kidd didn't exactly come up with anything that revolutionized this team. Did they get it did they get to the Western Conference Finals last year or was it the year before?
1: Year before. No, 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 yeah,
0: it was last year. That was last year. It was last year. I think that's your way. But I don't think this offense looks the same that it did last year. And if it if it is the same offense, then everybody else didn't like updated their playbook. So you gotta change something else, my friend. We're seeing that you're not very elastic in these situations, at least right now. You we're gonna see what it is with Kyrie, but we'll revisit this at the end of the year, at the end of the playoffs. It's okay. We we always need a New correspondent on this podcast. We'd love to see you, Jason Kidd. Yeah,
1: um Okay. Uh so to pivot a little um with coaching things, I suppose. Um so I would like to talk about my favorite team. Fairness, there's a fair bit to talk about. I don't really have much to comment on any of that. Um I, I don't have much to say about what Dylan Brooks has going on or what Ja has going on.
0: Dylan Brooks I, I has just, something
1: going on too? He was just like he was he was out for last game for the thing with uh so you can pull it up, but basically uh during the game like nutshotted um Oh yeah, yeah, Mitchell. Mitchell. Yeah.
0: Hey, um that that might that might be enough to replace what Chris Paul did a few years back. That was blatant and obvious. You're like, bro, what do you, you just gonna hammer fist to the to the jewels? You're gonna have to see me. That's that's when the that's when the laser should have been trained. Now, bro. <laughs> that's when the laser should have been trained.
1: All right. All right. So, so, um, something, okay, how am I going to explain this? The short version is like, I don't like our offense. Like, that's what I want to talk about. And this is kind of in the weedsy. Mm-hmm. Um, cause I was fortunate enough a couple weeks ago to run across a video that Granted, I don't think it's running exactly. They they run exactly what's in that that was in that video, but it's a similar kind of thing. You know, a lot of the dribble hands off and whatever. Um, basically a lot of dribble hands off, dude cuts occasionally and whatever. And I I the thing, I would name it, but I don't remember the name of this offensive set. Um, but like, I don't like it. it <laughs> okay, let me explain. I don't think that the ball movement in this set is very good. Fairness to the Grizzlies, they're not the only people who run some variation of this in the league. You can see just about everybody run some variation of it at some point. Um, But my problem with it is, again, ball movement's not very good, right? Yes, it is a safe way to to get the ball to who you want to get it to, right? Dribble handoff, picks and stuff. Um, but when that's the primary way the ball is changing hands, you're not really forcing the defense to move all that much. Um, right, which, and on some level, at least to me, it, would, it seems like it relies on your guards to be able to kind of make things happen, basically. Or, I guess in some cases, like, well, he he wasn't really running the offense. He was kind of just barreling through. Uh, <laughs> no, so I I caught a little of uh the Grizzlies game last night. Mhm. Uh, Jaren Jackson did well. Um, offensively, he he kind of just like put the ball on the floor and ran pa- like ran past slash through dudes. Um, I would like to see more of that. I will not lie, but um. But yeah, but uh, but like it doesn't do a whole lot as far as like getting, making sure your post players get post like get touches in and around the paint, um. Right, because the it doesn't have it doesn't force the defense to move all that much outside of like the occasional switch. It like, you still like do still kind of have to work to beat their guy more than they would if you were running something that, moved the like had more off ball movement had more just. Like, you know, passing in general, like passing and cutting, um. And, I'm, I'm not sure it's the best way to make use of the team. Like now, to, now to be clear, we're not exactly a good three-point shooting team. Uh, to be polite about it, but um, but it's just like, it does. I feel like a lot, of, the way for the most part. Memphis players get open looks is, like, you know, the cut and, like, not the, like, driving dish, which, nothing wrong with it, it's, like, that's effective, Um but, you know, I feel like with, you know, more consistent off-ball movement and all that, you can, you might be able to get some easier shots, maybe Ja doesn't have, to, or, or, like, Ja or Jones, whoever doesn't have to work quite as hard to get dudes, to get dudes looks and you know cutting down again on like no like no pass 3 point pull ups is better for everybody um that's my little rant i guess I, I i i'm not sure if i did a good job explaining any of that <clears throat> now you seem like you... you're
0: a frustrated fan will How would you fix this offense? Because it doesn't seem like you guys have a lot of, like, slashers. When I think of um, your boy Brooks, I think more of, like, a mid-range game. When I think of your boy Baines, I think of a shooter. Um, I get that they can both drive because they're in the NBA, but neither one of those dudes seem like a dribble handoff would super benefit them in a scoring aspect, unless you're talking about Ja specifically, and then everybody's just kind of toast when he comes off any type of screen.
1: Like, the thing is, I think it works in part because right, Ja and Tyus are as frustrating as as people might be with, like, Ja's tendency to just kind of barrel into the paint with no disregard for anyone or anything, um... Like, they're they're smart enough players that they can make it work. They're smart enough and talented enough that they can make it work. The thing, like, now that you mentioned the slasher thing, that's a fair point. I think the thing is, though, like, if I was going to try, right, particularly when we're talking about the starting five, it would be Brooks. But it also, to a lesser extent, probably also Jaron, like Jaron Jackson, and like also. I feel like our big should be getting more touches in the paint. Now, let me explain this one. One, Brandon Clark, he gets it in the paint. It's basically money. Um, right. Steven Adams, not really a score like that, but let's be real. Pretty much all of like, his like pretty much all every dude who defends him on defense. It's kind of a mismatch in one yeah. way or another. And he's a smart enough player, like he knows when to take his chances it and or like when to like you know pass the ball off and all of that. And Jaron just doesn't get enough touches around the rim in general. Now, granted, he's an athletic enough dude that like if he decides to get to the rim, he he can pretty consistently get to the rim, at least so long as like he doesn't have to shake anybody. Like I wouldn't I wouldn't trust him to ISO dude and like break an ankle or something like that's that's not happening but like he can he he can beat dudes off the dribble or barring that just run through them that works too i I don't i I don't really care about the details um but um but yeah like some more touches in the paint some more consistent uh, like some more consistent like off ball rotation Mm -hmm. um Right? Less just, like, having dudes take turns dribbling the ball before, like, trying to do something. Um, this all sounds—I feel like this sounds kind of vague.
0: Um, Basketball is pretty vague at the <laughs> at its bare bones. Like, <laughs> we don't have to be super specific. Bro, I got a question for you. Mm-hmm. Who is your player comparison for Darren Jackson Jr.? Hmm.
1: That's a good question. I, the thing is, I've never bothered to think about that. Yeah. And I, I just
0: can't quite think of anybody like Jaron Jackson Jr. Because I... he can shoot the three a bit. He's a good like he's, defender, but he fouls a lot. Like, he's athletic, but he doesn't really use his athleticism like that. He just he just seems like a weird player to me. Hmm.
1: Like, I guess he kind of is a weird player when you phrase it like that. Um, the thing is, I'm not sure who you would compare him to, right? Because, like, it's, like, the first dude who comes to mind that I'm, like, okay, maybe you could use this, like, as a, like, as a reference point and whatever would be, like, AD, but you don't really like AD, and, like, it's more, like, what people can, like, think about AD, right? Like, they think, like, they, like, a lot of people, at least for a little while, run under the impression that, Anthony Davis could shoot.
0: Mm.
1: And like he can't but like Jaron can. Like, how would he like pro- shoot though? 49% I sorry, 34%. Like 30, right at 35% 30? from 3 on the year.
0: I I figured. He like he's
1: like he's not a sniper, but you don't, you probably don't want to leave him open back there. Mm. I mean I like he'd rather do that than like let him get in the paint.
0: Yeah, I think I think I think I just might be out on bigs for the most. No, cuz I really like certain bigs. I don't I don't think I like Jerry Jackson Jr. as a player, bro. Like I might have to just watch some more Memphis games, but when I wanna go watch Memphis. That man don't do it for me, yo. Yeah.
1: Like the thing is the way the offense is set up, he doesn't He's not as in, as involved with it as like he probably should be. And when I say that, like the thing is when we talk about like the dribble handoffs, like he'll get a handoff or whatever, but like he'll be behind the arc. Right? Like, you know, sometimes dudes like pass it to him and he'll like take the three. And, you know, he'll hit it at a decent clip, at least in aggregate. Um But like the thing is for him to like most of his scoring you know, happened in and around the paint, ultimately, or at least inside the the three. And so that means oftentimes, and like, for example, last game, when he was being a bit more aggressive, it's like, it was a lot of him driving to the rim. Um, but like, the thing is, even like in the regular offense, like you will see situations, like he'll post up, right? Have a solid post up and like, they just don't give him the ball. Right, and, it's, and and it's not r- really unique to him. You also see this with Adams and with Clark. Um, and, like, I get the argument that, like, the post up from a purely statistical standpoint isn't the most efficient shot. But it's also just, like, from a strategy standpoint, okay, I got a dude who can score in the post. I should probably let him get some touches in the post to score there occasionally if another reason to take heat off like everybody else.
0: Yeah. Not only that, if you can find somebody who's like you got to put it on the scouting report that this dude is going to be a problem on the post, that opens up the corner 3. It does. So, it's is is really like basketball when you look at like um like the way certain offenses go, like you're being counterproductive. For you to fit in with the rest of the league, you were not giving your best players a chance. Right. Why?
1: And... It's just one... I guess it's just one of those things about the league I don't particularly love. Right? Like, I get, you know... Obviously, you turn... Like, when you're trying to be successful, you look at things that have been successful... And in fairness to the Grizzlies, they've been wildly successful as far as young teams go. As much heat as, like, they get from other, like, from other fan bases and the like, like, as far as young teams go, they're wildly successful. The the only other, t- the, the only team I can, the only young team I can think of who's been as good to this point would have been, like, the, the current Celtics. Maybe I'm forgetting some so, someone in history, um, but that's the only one that really comes to mind to me, at least off the top of my head. Um, but still, the offense doesn't—it's not putting everybody in the positions to be successful. And I get it. it and I get on some level that some of that might mean, so, like, some of your players not necessarily being in positions that fully maximize what they can do because the, like the team would be better off have them playing a role but like why would jaron jackson like why would you like limit like jaron for example on offense why would you not feed clark more regularly when like because in fairness it might have gone down now but i know at one point i saw them talking he's like he hits like 70 percent of his shots in and around the paint
0: that's crazy
1: Like, it's basically automatic. Yeah.
0: Um, One thing I, I keep getting confused about, and this is kind of piggybacking off what you're talking about, when we talk about how talented the league is and we think about how unique the players are in their positions and how they're built, this should be the time point in history where there's like six or seven different types of basketball being played. Like we should not just be looking at one model or mold of basketball or like the offspring of like two schools of basketball. There should be like seven or eight at this point.
1: You would just think that. thinking about you up. I'm just like, you would think that.
0: Yeah. Just because when you think about the superstars, Steph Curry is the best off-ball shooter we've ever Well, movement shooter we've ever seen. I understand why they play the way they play. That makes sense for the Warriors. When teams play around LeBron like they should play around LeBron, it's heliocentric. That... That should make sense. Like, I could almost see you playing that way around like a Luka. Um, when you get to Philadelphia, when you get to Denver, they should be ball dominant where it kind of moves to the post. You got it with uh, Jokic, but it's different because of his passing ability. It doesn't matter where he's at, he's just going to make a play. And then. We got the seven footer that's doing guard stuff, like regularly shooting threes and breaking dudes off the dribble. So you can't do it there, but the. <laughs> yeah, bro. Basket, basketball should look so different. Like there should be matchups and styles and classes that go deep. And we just don't have the full creativity, or we only see it in like spurts. Like, I'm. I now understand why people were complaining about analytics so much. Uh, I get it a lot when we have discussions like this, where you players are not being used to the best of their ability.
1: Right. Yeah. And like the thing is, in some cases, it's often to the detriment of their teams, which is one of the stranger things about it. Right, like analytics, you should not use analytics in a vacuum.
0: You got to look at what you got, because it's a lot of teams like, bro, you got four, five players, that get regular minutes, and they shoot below 34% from the three-point line. We probably should figure something else out. (laughs) Let's go see what those 80s teams were running offensively. Yeah,
1: but uh,
0: Calvin, I think we are about out of here because I have no other basketball topics that I really want to talk about.
1: Likewise, I can't think of nothing else, too. Oh.
0: I found, found one. Mm-hmm. Cork Moss demanded a trade. Who? Exactly. <laughs> oh, I can't I can never pronounce this uh, first First name, uh right. He plays for the seventy sixers.
1: For uh, Kwan. Okay, so I I'd say for Khan.
0: Bro, what if I can you pronounce your first name, shut up.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> you you probably can't ask for a trade or demand one at that. Uh, I would like I to mean, see where this goes though. Cause he's a solid player. Just like, oh, okay, buddy. Kyrie can do this. You, you, my friend, have to stay here.
1: But, he's been in the league a lot longer than I thought. Right? It's been like 70 years, bro. Yeah. I remember when he got drafted. They were talking
0: about him like he's supposed to be like a game changer or something. Solid, though. Solid. Yeah. Let me stop being a hater. Let me get out of here. Uh, Thank you guys so much for turning into another episode of the Traveling Hoopers podcast. I have been your non-hating host, Alvin Pettigrew Jr. And in front of me is my best friend in the world, Calvin McGowan. He's going to go ahead and sign us out.
1: Once again, everybody, I'm Calvin McGowan. It's a pleasure to be here. Thank you for joining us. You, If you're joining us from YouTube, like, share, subscribe, leave something in the comments. Uh, You can listen to us wherever you listen to your podcasts. Enjoy the rest the of your week.
0: We really want to hear from you guys. Trust me. And if, you know, your review is good enough, we'll invite you on the podcast. You heard it here first.